In the wrestling world, the people are represented by two separate but unequally important groups. The wrestlers and bookers, who literally do all the hard work, and the fans, who endlessly nitpick and overanalyze everything they do. These are their stories. Welcome to Raw and Order, the wrestling booking unit, the only wrestling podcast on the planet not hosted by Conrad Thompson. I, I guess it seems that not. It, it, I mean, I wish that was the case, but there's good ones that we listen to that aren't hosted by oh, yeah. Conrad Thompson. Yeah, it just, it just seems that way. Maybe it's the only one... That is hosted by not famous people named Conrad Thompson. Uh, they don't know what her names are. I'm Oscar Mark. You might be Conrad Thompson. I might be. DA Fabe, what's going on, man? How are you? Was, was that a good Conrad Thompson? That was that was that was pretty good. Uh, chat me up about this. <laughs> so, chat me up about your first crime. Well, I now, will now chat the you rumor, up. the rumor in innuendo on your first crime is that I don't know, <laughs> uh, but. We're, we've been having some technical difficulties with uh, getting the recordings to record properly. So, really, it's uh, just with my it's, it's with my new Verizon phone. I really think I think we'd be doing just fine if my 4G wasn't falling off on a regular basis. That, that definitely plays it. into it. There's a, there's another uh, nitpicky little thing that's going on, but that's not any any concern of our listeners, but. Um, well, I figure let's just kind of get into it and, and start off with uh, you with crime number one. Crime number one. The perjury crime against Vincent Kennedy... McMahon. Ooh, going after the big dog. I mean, yeah, not the big after. dog, but... Yeah, yeah. The big dog, not the big dog. Yes. So, Vincent Kennedy McMahon on Raw, on Raw Reunion committed perjury with his booking. And he perjured himself using none other than the million dollar man. <laughs> Neither of us do okay. a good laugh impression. Neither yeah. of us that's sad. No, no, we don't. We don't. <laughs> well, to be perfectly honest, I'm not even sure Million Dollar Man does a good Million Dollar Man anymore. No, no. Um, but I think I know where you're going with this. Yeah, I, I think you do. Um, if you can't buy the world title... Why can you buy the 24-7 title? I.E., Medusa, or Alundra Blaze, whichever you prefer to call her, is now the only wrestler in the world to hold two WWE titles currently and never have lost them. She may have been stripped of them, but she has never lost after her women's title loss. Or after her de- her twenty four seven title, she didn't lose them. She might have thrown them away, or was gonna throw one away. She might have sold one, but technically, you can't buy a championship, mm-hmm. and you can't stop being the women's champion if if uh, if they didn't. And they didn't even strip her of the title. Like none of that happened. They didn't want to acknowledge that it happened on the other one. So theoretically, she's never lost the title. Or she's never lost both of those titles. She's still the current women's champion. And she's still the current 24-7 champion, even though there's other champions in those roles. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you present a very very good case for it. Um, and you know, Vince McMahon perjured himself. <laughs> yeah, to do it. Yeah, I think. I mean, he. You know, either he lied. Uh, years ago, when he told Million Dollar Man that he couldn't buy the championship, which means, uh, which theoretically means the Million Dollar Man lost his championship when he lost the match for the championship to Macho Man. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, theoretically, he had three title defenses, but they show him as not never holding the world title, as the, never holding the WWE championship. Yeah. Well, technically he did. If you can buy a cha- if you can buy a twenty four seven championship, you can buy a world, uh, WWE championship. I mean, I guess to play devil's advocate, you could argue that the twenty four seven championship has slightly different rules. But I am I am really grasping at straws for ways to, to legitimize that. To be perfectly yeah, honest. I mean, do you by saying there's slightly different rules? The only thing that you can really do to to make that legitimate is to devalue the 24-7 championship, which happens a lot. Wait, wait, devalue a championship that was won by a husband pinning his pregnant wife during a uh, medical procedure? What? (laughs) What? Devalue a championship that was won by someone by pinning someone when they were sleeping on a plane to Saudi Arabia? What? What? Devalue a championship that eighty-seven percent of the time is won by roll-up. What? That is the most devastating move in all of professional wrestling. Well, forget the people. I'm astonished that that uh, Smojo hasn't lost the twenty-four-seven championship several times because that is his weakness is the roll-up. And maybe that's why he doesn't go after it because he knows that you know he's just never be able. (laughs) So yeah, that's my crime. My crime is is perjury, um, because you can't really you can't really. I mean, you can hoarding isn't a crime. So even though even though Medusa, i.e. Alundra Blaze, is hoarding WWE titles, um, it's not a crime. No. Um, purchasing things is not a crime. You might be able to call that bribery. But he didn't have anybody lay down for him. He just bought the championship. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I, I'm I'm having a hard time even playing devil's advocate on his side. I, I can't can't really uh, can't really break that one apart. I mean, I guess members of the jury will have to come at us with their own questions to to see or, or their verdict, guilty or not guilty, on that. But. Uh, I can't. I can't come up with a defense on that. To be perfectly honest. Yeah, I just don't. I don't see a way to to not. I guess. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know. I I felt like that was a that was a pretty solid perjury there. Yeah, I you know I think that's a, a slam dunk, open and shut case in my mind. So guilty. Unless the jury comes up with a different different verdict, that's the way I'm going. Well, or different ev- evidence that we're missing. I just don't see any evidence that's missing there. I, I think I think that that both of them were televised. I think the the answers were given long term. Um, yeah, I I, just, I don't see a way to do this <laughs> other than that. Yeah, nope, I'm I'm in agreement here. I I think I think uh we rest our case on that one and we move on to crime number 2. Yeah, I am going to go with crime number 1. Um I'm going to I'm going to do the one that that I've been itching to do for a little while now. Um and that is Crime number two. This isn't quite a cold case, but it's not really a a hot case, if that's the term. Um, It's kind of a lukewarm case because it involves an active wrestler right now who still 
is, in my opinion, guilty of this quote-unquote crime. I'm using the air quotes right now. Um, but that is uh, that Johnny Gargano stands charged with being the most natural babyface in the WWE, maybe even all of wrestling. Okay. Um, I'm going to some evidence because he was pretty good heel. He was great as a heel, but here's the evidence um, for him, and that's why I said natural babyface, right? Well, natural babyface can't really be a heel. No, I think you can, because you can be naturally a good guy, but play a bad guy on TV. I mean, we've heard all of the, the stories about Keanu Reeves being such a great guy in real life, but if you watch some of his movies, what is it called, The Watcher, where he was a stalker, right? He plays a pretty nasty, mean guy, bad guy. So you can play a good heel um, if you're a natural babyface. But here's my evidence, right? Um, this goes back a few years. Uh, in, um, I believe it was September of 2017, at uh, TakeOver Brooklyn 3, uh, that was the first NXT event that I had a chance to watch. And I, I mean NXT event of all of them. You know, we've talked about how I took a break from wrestling for a while after the end of the Monday Night Roars. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and slowly as I got back into it, I got back into it kind of backwards. I got back into it via Lucha Underground and Ring of Honor. And then I started seeing a little bit more impact, or as it was known at the time, TNA still. Um, and and then I eventually got back into WWE, um, and it took me a while. And so it was about 2015 when I started getting back into WWE, but you know I didn't have the network. I couldn't watch NXT um, until the Takeover Brooklyn three. Um, and that match there, the, I believe it was the main event. It was Johnny Gargano versus Andrade Alma, right? Um, who has gone on to be on the quote unquote main roster and does a pretty good job as a heel and is a phenomenal wrestler. But keeping in mind, I tuned into this not knowing either of them from Adam, right? When they came and made their entrances, I didn't know who was the good guy. No, which, which Adam? Are you guy? talking Adam Cole, baby? No, so you Andrade. Don't know just, no, you said you didn't <laughs> know him from Adam. Oh, I know Adam Cole. He, he was a Ring of Honor guy. In fact, uh, this was, I think, before he uh, debuted in NXT, but he'd been signed to NXT at this point, if I'm correct. And that's part of what made me tune in was because I knew Adam Cole was going to be showing up at some point in NXT, and I was a big Ring of Honor Adam Cole fan. So so I tune in to this, and I'm watching you know, most of them, but this match comes on, and Andrade comes out, and John Gar- Johnny Gargano comes out, and like I say, I don't know anything about either of them. I don't know who's the heel, who's the face. I don't know the backstory. They didn't even, I mean, if you watch any of the takeovers, they really, unlike the main roster pay-per-views where there are a lot of uh, video packages showing the feud coming up to it, NXT at this time didn't have those for the most part. I mean, they had little ones, but I'm watching this and I don't know who's the good guy and who's the bad guy. I don't know the story of DIY and Johnny Gargano getting turned on by Tommaso Ciampa. I don't know the story of, of the, the matches leading that, up to. Like I said, I didn't know any of this stuff going into this. I didn't. Yeah. I hadn't seen anything of either of these people. So I'm, yeah, I start so. watching this match. And and through the storytelling in this match, and it's and as much of a... Um, uh, Recommendation for Andrade at this point, um, but I'm watching this match, and here's this wrestler I've never seen before, and I find myself emotionally invested in him winning. And there are false finishes, and there are uh, you know comebacks, and and all of this stuff, and I'm sitting on the edge of my seat 
on my couch at home alone. I'm just in this match. And it was when it was done. And Andrade won. Johnny Gargano lost that one. Uh, and I, I just kind of, I sunk back and I was devastated that Gargano didn't win. And that's when I realized how good, how natural Johnny Gargano is at being the face. It is natural to him. And it's so natural that uh, a person like me can turn into that match. Um, and then the following match uh, at uh, TakeOver Philadelphia, where he also lost to Andrade um, for the NXT title, um, starting the, the storyline of him trying to win the title that didn't actually uh, come to fruition until after Champa came back and then went out yeah. injured again. So, uh... So it was just, it was just this, like, it hit me with a wave of emotions, and that's how good Johnny Gargano is at being a face. Now, don't get me wrong, when he did his, his heel turn, his heel tease turn, cause he really didn't turn all the way heel. He still oh, was really it, good at that. But then really as soon as long. he came back, as soon as he came back and, and did that, uh, where he he knew that Champa was going to try to turn on him, and he stopped him, and he turned on Champa, and you know, that's a, it was just like this huge weight off my shoulders because of how natural he is as the face. He walks out and he starts talking, and you root for him just naturally. And like I said, I I wasn't a fan. I didn't know either of them, and and within minutes in that match, I was emotionally invested in Johnny Gargano winning. Emotionally invested. And that's where it, it was crazy, and that's why I, I think he might be... Like, I don't know any other uh, wrestler on WWE at all that I got that emotionally invested into the first time I saw them. Like, I love Finn Balor. He's one of my favorite wrestlers out there right now. Um, I think he's got a great look. He's got a great uh, uh, ring style and all this stuff. But I don't find myself emotionally invested in his matches like I did Johnny Gargano that night. Um, and there's there's no one on the main roster right now that I can say I get that emotionally invested in. No one. Hmm. And and I don't I don't think you've got anyone that you could say you are that emotionally invested in. On on the roster right now, no. Um, I think there is some some wrestlers that have had some natural hatred. Like it was really really easy to not like them. Um, but I, I also there's there's enough diabolical people, yourself included. Who who uh, <laughs> who enjoy a good hateable guy, you know? Um, that just just relatively like to see a good, you know. Randy Orton was in that category of good hateable guy, um, you know. Uh, uh, the Miz, good hateable fella, just. Uh, some real, real ability there. Hey, and someday uh, yeah. that might be a different crime of mine, uh, where where I, I point out someone who I think is the most natural heel, and um, and and maybe it'll be later in this episode. Hint, hint. <laughs> oh Lord. <laughs> um, yeah, I. But I don't know. I don't know. Uh, to be completely frank, I, I don't know that I that I. Sting is probably the closest to being that naturally in history that naturally uh, likable. I would I would suggest that there's a bunch of uh, fans out there that would tell you that um, Daniel Bryan is. I would also suggest that there are two people on this podcast um, that would tell you um, he's not. <laughs> And, you know, you and I have talked before about how we have the unpopular uh, opinion that uh, we think Daniel Bryan's overrated. Um, yeah. And I feel like we need to qualify that because there's already probably people typing, 
uh, their hatred for us. And, and <laughs> it's we think he's a good wrestler. He is a phenomenal wrestler. We just don't get behind his character like that. In fact, yeah. I think we get behind his character more as a heel than we yeah. do as a face. Yeah, I would, I, would not say, I would not say he's overrated. I would say he's underhated. Mm-hmm. And, so, um, and that's, that's kind of why I just I feel like Gargano just has that. And, you know, I say he's the most natural face on the WWE, but I have a hard time finding someone who's more naturally a face even on other rosters. Like, oh. look, look down the Ring of Honor roster. Look down the... the Maybe uh, Jungle Boy. Maybe Jungle Boy. Possibly, uh, but I mean, as much as I like him, like, I don't get emotionally invested into his matches. I think no. he's cool and I want him to win, but I don't find myself just absolutely devastated when he loses. It's um, that, it's that Rey Mysterio when he was little, when he was younger, like when he the was... The closest I've come to uh, that emotional investment and it's not even the same thing, but the closest I've come to that is watching the Omega versus Okada matches. Because um, once again, I didn't know Okada from, you know, Kenny Omega at the time. You know? Yeah. I mean, I'd seen a few Kenny Omega matches at the time, but then I watched those, and, like, those tell a story, and you get emotionally invested in it, but it wasn't like... It wasn't the same. I wasn't so emotionally tied to this win or loss as I was versus Johnny Gargano. And I mean, you, you go you go down the list, and you know, like you say, I'm Jungle Boy. You know, he's he's definitely well, a natural face. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, you could say Orange Cassidy is a natural. Um, I want to watch it, uh, but but then there's you know there's guys like Jim Cornette who ruined that. Um, I mean, I, I, had, I had a part-time wrestling fan that I was talking to this week um, uh, at the courthouse um, that uh, had never heard of Orange Cassidy. He, he's, he's a part-timer. He's uh, um, not as invested in this as, as we are. Um, but obviously, and, and I said, you've got to watch the Kylie Ray match with Orange Cassidy and and I said it's very easy to, to just flat out enjoy it but it's not an emotional I mean I I could, I could have given two rips last week on that match yeah. um, and, and that's where you know it comes down to it. I've, I've yet to see a uh, Orange Cassidy match that I really care whether he wins or loses I am super impressed with him and a big fan of his and massively but, entertained Massively entertaining. Him winning or losing is not the thing. I mean, kind of the same thing like you and I have talked about with Bray Wyatt the Fiend. I don't think wins and losses necessarily matter to that character. Like, no, in fact, I, I, I think, think we want him not to. Yeah. So, so, so that's where it kind of comes down to for me with Johnny Gargano. I just think he is he is so naturally the babyface. That even after that heel run, that heel-ish run, I should say, he was able to just flip the switch and instantly be back to the baby face, and instantly be loved by the crowd. Like, and he he uh, delivered a speech on NXT recently where he basically said, "I'm not going anywhere," and the crowd just ate it up and just love it. And I think, if anything, he might be the biggest winner, biggest single winner of the NXT move to USA Network because he's going to get a lot more uh, faith time out of it, but he doesn't have to worry about the the quote-unquote main roster ruining his character or watering him down. Because I don't know if he'd I don't know if he'd play well on Raw. I mean, they tried putting him on Raw and he was just, you know, kind of blend into the crowd. Um, Well, the the problem with putting Gargano on, on Raw... Vince's first first reaction, the perjurist that he is, um, Vince's first reaction was to, uh, with, with a guy like that, would be to put him in 205 Live. 
Well, <laughs> that's not where he belongs. I mean, at the end of the day, if you're not going to make 205 Live a legit title, you have to let characters like Finn Balor, who he hasn't regulated to that, or Johnny Gargano, who puts on a, a much better show than that, um, you have to kind of let them be the other character, be that, mm-hmm. yeah, that other role. Um, be more, I guess. So. Yeah. So, so that's my argument. Um, you know, like I say before to members of the jury, if you have evidence um, to the contrary or evidence supporting this, we'd love to Vapor, hear yeah. from you. Uh, what your thoughts on Gargano being the most natural babyface in the WWE, maybe even all of wrestling. Maybe even all of time in wrestling. Ooh, possibly. Possibly. I mean, Hogan had it until until about two years ago. We're, yeah. We're go well, there. you know, you know my theory about Hogan was always a heel, but we'll get into that in a future episode. <laughs> Crime number three. Well, we do have some breaking news that I've just got. Uh, came across the wire just now. Um, there's a hostage situation right now as we speak Ooh. in professional wrestling based out of Chicago. Based um, out of Chicago? Yeah. Tell me more. A major, major hostage situation. Um, every single wrestling fan in the country right now, in the world, dare I say, is being held hostage at gunpoint by a man who is Chicago-made. This punk has all of us sitting and waiting. And yeah, I'm talking about the Chicago-made punk who's holding us all hostage, wondering, what you gonna do, brother? What you gonna do, brother? Would we all wanna know what's going on with CM Punk? So I'm gonna, I'm I'm actually charging CM Punk with terroristic hostage holding. Is that what it's called? I don't even know what it's called. Yeah. I'm a horrible I mean, DA for not knowing the crime. You really should know being the DA, but <laughs> you're just the assistant DA, so we'll be yeah. on the side this time. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I um, see what you're coming from. Uh, kidnapping? Maybe that's kidnapping. False imprisonment? False imprisonment of all wrestling. Yeah. Right now, CM Punk, and now, I, by all means, you can run that as... as we we we'll we'll run that 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 promo however you want, but right now there's a hostage situation, and I'm gonna go ahead and say, what are you doing, CM Punk? We want to see it. We want to see you either as a commentator. We want to see you as. I mean, wouldn't that be great? Can you imagine him him and just even in a commentating role in AEW? Yeah, um, commentating role wherever. Yeah, um, and that's not that's that's still depriving us of the of the wrestling aspects. Yeah, well, I mean, I've never been a huge fan of CM Punk, but by golly, I'm I'm kind of tired of of not knowing what's going on. Like, could you just yeah. kill it, or can you come kill it? Like, just kill the rumors, it. or come kill wrestling? You know, yeah. bring make everybody's A game come out because you're better. In relation to that. Uh, you know, it just does remind me that we did get a, a text message, a string of text messages from Fantasy Booking Institute agent Russo earlier today. Oh, I tweeted cool, them out. Bro. Uh, so be, yeah, and he's like, hey, imagine, bro, NXT on USA, October 2nd. Roderick Strong issues an open challenge. Who will respond? Pause for effect. It's the cultural personality. <laughs> the world explodes, bro. The world bro. explodes. Crash that was text TV, bro. Crash yeah, well, it TV. sounds like Crash TV, bro. 
Yeah, I mean, what happens I mean, next? Well, on. <laughs> I, by the way, I love that tweet earlier today. Love <laughs> that tweet earlier today. Um, so yeah, that's that's the crime. He is holding the entire world hostage. Um, I have seen everybody from Russell Talk to um, Simon Miller and the and the boys over at Work Culture Wrestling to Conrad to um, other pro wrestlers who have their own podcast um, to just talking points like on CBS Sports all wondering what's he doing because let's be honest you tried to hold MMA hostage and you weren't good enough and that's okay we get it but you're holding us hostage we're not knocking you on, on not being great at MMA we would both get our butts whooped at MMA. Yeah, absolutely. That's why we're not doing it. Yeah, yeah. No, and and here's the deal. There's actually another person also creating a hostage situation much, much more quietly. This is like a like a cyber hostage, like a virus that's being injected in um, under a similar situation. We'd also like to know if Kane Velasquez is going to start doing stuff because I want to see a rematch between Brock and Kane only in a wrestling ring. I do. Well, um, he has started wrestling again. You know, again. He has started wrestling. He wrestled some matches overseas. Uh, he's apparently in negotiations with... Uh, he's apparently in negotiations with AEW and Impact and uh, maybe and even WWE. And, and but, WWE, yep. But, yep. Uh, and he's actually openly stated he's in negotiations with WWE. Yeah. So... Um, I would love to see him go to WWE. I, I'd love to see CM Punk go anywhere, and that's why it's a bigger hostage situation there. He, CM Punk's literally holding everybody hostage. Um, Cain Velasquez is just holding those of us who really, really enjoyed watching Brock Lesnar lose the UFC title um, to Cain Velasquez after after Brock Lesnar made quite possibly the most racial uh, racist statements that I've ever seen in in, uh, in recent history on interviews <laughs> um, but uh, yeah I'd love to see Kane Velasquez back I'd love to see uh, or love to see Kane Velasquez start doing his stuff but more importantly CM Punk quit holding us hostage bro yeah bro 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 did I just say bro Ugh. Uh, Actually, we've been talking too much with FBI Russo <laughs> I really need so. to change my number so he can't text me anymore. <laughs> well, oh. On that note, we will move on to crime number four for this podcast. That and you don't have anything four, more than that. You you don't have you don't have a devil's advocate. I mean, nope. I mean that's that that's a pretty public thing. I mean it's all over the news. You know well. it's. It's like, you you can't defend O.J. Simpson for driving the white Bronco. We saw it happen. You can defend him for the other stuff, but the white Bronco stuff was public and we know it. Yeah, and that's, I mean, you're right. I mean, O.J. Simpson definitely flight to avoid arrest. Evading arrest. Now, the simple fact is, on the CM Punk thing, the only thing I can say is, I kind of hope he doesn't come back. I just hope he says, nope, I'm done. I said I was done with wrestling. Stop talking about me. I'm going to go do my stuff. But he hasn't. He won't He won't kill the rumors, and that's what makes me pissed off. And, and you know, the other side of the coin is, I mean, don't get me wrong, I know he'd be a draw, but I would love it if AEW would just stop even pretending. Stop even hinting. Say, hey, listen... We tried. We shot him some messages. He doesn't seem to be interested. We're going to move on and create our own stars and just roll on with it and stop with the BTE uh, hints on CM Punk and and all of this stuff. Stop with the booking him for StarCast um, right before an event in uh, Chicago. Just stop with all of that and just let him be retired and let us move on with our lives. That's my thoughts on it. 
Crime number four. I don't think there's a whole lot to dispute there. He is oh. so incredibly good. I mean, we talked about it earlier this week. I don't think it was on the podcast, but we talked about it earlier this week. He 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 has berated a younger person in their wheelchair while they were in their wheelchair who had issues uh, for asking for a picture. Yeah. This kind of goes into what I hinted at with Johnny Gargano being the most natural baby face. This is uh, MJF is being charged with showing us that kayfabe is not dead. It just is on life support from other people. But he lives the gimmick. Uh, and, and he is so good at it. You know, you could argue that he is the most natural heel in the business, but you and I, like, we don't know what he's really like, uh, so, I mean, this is, this is him just living the gimmick, and, and we hope, of that. we really hope, because nobody is, I, I pray that nobody's that big as, um, that but, natural of a heel, we're gonna say that, I pray that nobody's that natural of a heel. But so, I mean, and we even hinted at this uh, Fantasy Booking uh, Institute. Uh, now, in relation to uh, that, in a side tangent, I also want to give a side charge to Cody Rhodes for being potentially the best promo in the game right now. And I'm just talking in the general sense. When it Are comes you to talking about the I Am AEW promo? Um, I, I don't know if it's that one. It, he did one recently on Road to TNT uh, where he sat down and uh, he was responding to Chris Jericho. Uh, and he just cut this, because Chris Jericho made fun of his father and all this stuff. He cut this promo, but it, this is just a series of these promos he's been doing on the road to TNT, where it's just him in a dark room, he sits on a chair, and he delivers this promo, and it, it, it's scripted, but it doesn't feel scripted, it doesn't sound scripted. And, uh, I wish I could find some quotes from it, but it is, it is phenomenally good, and, like I said, it might be the best set of promos in the game right now. Um, he's just, he does so good at what he does right now. And I think it's, I, you know, he, he's even flat out said that he learned so much from his time in WWE and uh, that he doesn't regret that and he wouldn't be who he is now if it wasn't for his time in WWE. Um, yeah. But, but I mean, obviously he learned a lot of his promo from that. He he doesn't deliver it like his father. You know, it doesn't Where's come off as a Dusty Rhodes promo. It doesn't come off as a Dustin Rhodes promo. It comes off as However, a Cody Rhodes promo. That family so, obviously is very good at promos. Very, because, very good at promos uh, and very good at professional wrestling. Yes, that because Goldust could cut a promo. Uh, very different from what his father was. Very different from what Dustin Rollins was, or Dustin Rhodes, or whichever last name you were giving him at the time. Um, and and extremely captivating. His promo as as oh it wasn't seven because seven was in TNA. What was he in WCW? What was that character called? Was that um, maybe that was seven. Yeah, that was seven. Because then he, he was, was uh, Black Rain. Was they was Black Rain. Rain. Yeah. 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 So his promo <laughs> at seven, which was a like three week gimmick, three week thing, was unbelievable. His life, his live promo was incredible. 
and um, yeah, there's just not a whole lot to to say that. And, and Cody has the that skill on a different style, you know. And that's I agree. I can't help but agree. Yeah, and he ended this promo, this particular one, uh, with uh, a thing about. Um, I'll see you in Baltimore, and do me a favor, don't forget the belt again. <laughs> oh, earlier, um, you know, he he tweeted out a picture of him looking all swole, Jim Selfie, and he says, I don't play Dungeons and Dragons, of course, making fun of Brandon Cutler, who is a proud gamer, uh, even uses, even wears D20s on his ring gear and his merchandise, um... You know, and they're set up to to fight at the October second AEW uh, Dynamite debut. But uh, it's just one of those things where he tweets that out, and just the the gaming internet exploded, um, and people from all around the world, all cultures, all all types that also game have been tagging him in Jim selfies and pictures saying, well, I do, you know, you know, and I'm a writer and, and, you know, I do this. I play Dungeons and Dragons and just driving people absolutely bonkers and doing exactly what he wanted to do. I mean, he's getting the response and he's getting even more of the response than, uh, he thought he was going to, including Joe Manganiello, uh, the actor, uh, and just absolutely ripped guy, uh, tweeting out a picture of him on the cover of Muscle and Fitness saying, well, I do. And, and it's just one of those, just this one tweet has just ignited this firestorm on the internet. And that's with a tweet. And, you know, if you watch, uh, being the elite or uh, road to TNT, he's done some uh, promos on there where he's just lit the world on fire, and he's just so natural at it, and he's so so good at it. It it doesn't even come off as an act; it just comes off as him being just the salt of the earth. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and it's, uh, it's always interesting to watch, like, and the character's been the same every promotion he's ever been to. Yeah, I cannot yeah, find any, anything. Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Um, I cannot find anything that he is just so good at these promos. And if you haven't watched Road to TNT on YouTube, they're short. They're less than ten minutes each, I think. Um, they, and all of the road to, road to Fighter Fest, road to Double or Nothing, road to, have all been really good. This road to TNT is just the latest of them. And he, you know, I, I think it's a perfect example of all of the things I see AEW doing right. Um, yeah. and they're setting things up so well. Yeah. That goes against that. Yeah. That goes against that character. That's a, that's, that's a nice guy. Yeah, wow. he is just, he is so good at being that douche, and I love him for it, uh, but, but you just hate him, you know, and that's why he is just, but he, he lives the gimmick. Kayfabe isn't dead to him. It is very real, very alive, and very important to him. Uh, and so, if you haven't watched, like, uh, The Road to TNT, um, series on YouTube, uh, or Being the Elite, he's appeared a couple times on there, you really need to, uh, especially right now where we're still a week away about, not quite a week, but, uh, from the TNT debut, uh, Wednesday Night Dynamite. Um, yeah. this is a great way for you to get a, get an idea of his character and everything watching those, but he is phenomenally good at being that guy. Uh, and it is. <laughs> I'm just, I'm scrolling through his Twitter feed right here, and in response to his, I don't play D&D, 
uh, a girl on, on Twitter, Christina V, at Christina V, V-E-E, in case you want to go find this, or just go to the, the MJF, uh, Twitter feed. Uh, she tweets a video of her, uh, just a really short one, standing in a bikini and looking good. You know, she's, she's a good looking girl and she just responds, oh, you don't play, uh, D&D too bad because I do. And he just responds, I'm not interested. How wonderful. Nah, I don't care. How wonderful. You're gross. <laughs> That's the kind of guy he says. You're gross. Kip Sabian tweeted out a picture of his dog wearing a, a jacket that looks like the same sort of fabric that MJF's scarf is. And Kip Sabian said, better than at the MJF. And he just tweeted back, burn it and the dog. Misdemeanors and miscellaneous. There is also a continuation on a crime from last week. Um, there's been another team or another person named in a lawsuit that we filed, not oh, yeah? legitimately, but in a crime that we filed um, for uh, gimmick infringement. Yeah. Um, this one actually goes against the podcaster, and it's one of our favorite podcasts. Today, Wrestle Talk asked about wrestling crimes on one of their articles, not on the podcast, thank God. Those sons of bees. Sons of bees, exactly. <laughs> yeah, they're they're those sons of British. That's what they are. Yes. Sons of British wrestling fans. And so they're in the category with Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon. We do the wrestling crime reporting. Wrestling crime charges are our thing to file. So Simon, no, that's what culture. So Luke and Ollie, we love you guys. We aspire to be like you guys. But we didn't go out and do news. We don't do news. We don't do. We don't go out and reviews. do recaps or reviews. Well, we do. We do sort of do reviews, but not like we don't call them reviews. We we talk about it briefly, but we don't say this is the raw review. This is. We're not trying to step on your toes, man. Back off. Let us do the wrestling crime. Specifically, what they did. Just so you know. Is they asked not a, not really a wrestling. It wasn't as WBU. It wasn't as they weren't targeting this like like what we do right now. They went after the FBI. They specifically said fantasy book a particular set of matches. Now you're gonna have to go go to wrestletalk.com to be able to see what it is because we're not gonna tell you. We support those guys. We support wrestletalk on Patreon.com. And hopefully they'll do, do the same. Yes, and hopefully, hopefully they'll do the same for us. Um, but right now, I'm telling you, stay away from Fantasy Booking Unit or Institute. Yes, that's our gimmick. We we created Fantasy Booking Institute because I know physically I can take Ollie into one on one, not not all together, Pete. <laughs> And well, maybe not Pete. He's young, but Ollie and Luke, I can I can take you guys in a fight. I'm um, a little worried about El Fakador. El Fakador has a reach that maybe I, I don't know that I can handle. Him. Looks like he's wiry. <laughs> but and Randy and Andy Datsun being the great guy that he is, um, pretty sure would like hit me with a bunch of facts that would knock me out. So I'm probably out on taking out Randy. But Luke and Ollie quit targeting our FBI. Yeah. 
Well, then, we didn't, finally, we didn't steal that from them, did we? Uh, well, I mean, I think the idea of fantasy booking has been around for a while. We've just taken it to an extreme. Okay. Yeah, so it's still ours. Yeah, it's ours. <laughs> no, seriously. Uh, if you guys want, uh, well, I do want to plug a couple other great podcasts out there. Um, oh, yeah. We, yeah, I mean, we yeah, love our lovely time with the Lovely time with the boys. Fantastic. Lovely time. I'm, I, that's a good one. See, I didn't even know about that one. Oh, that's just the nickname for a wrestle talk they have. Lovely time with the boys. How have I never heard that before? Oh, you just haven't been paying attention. They, they say well, about like once an episode. Yeah. Man, maybe I haven't paid that close of attention. I really haven't. Maybe I But yeah, no, Wrestle Talk is awesome. Uh, we both listen to it religiously. Uh, what culture WWE? We listen to that. Um, of course, you can't talk what culture without bringing up Simon Miller. Yeah. Who, by the way, I cannot beat in a fight. <laughs> oh, no. no. Whatsoever. He is. I might trip and fall on him. That would work. Yeah, that would be... I mean, yeah. Uh, your weight would be your only advantage. Weight and size. And and anything Conrad Thompson is great. Conrad Thompson, I would like to challenge to a sumo wrestling match just because we're both big dudes. Um, that's all I got for Conrad. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Conrad's awesome. Uh, you know, I listen to, um, I'm excited to, I haven't had a chance to listen to the Orange Show yet, but I'm really excited to listen to that. But yeah, what happened when, uh, Jer- and, and, and everybody knows that, that, yeah, with Conrad, there's several. Everybody knows that there's wrestlers who have their own podcast. Um, if I was going to suggest a particular wrestler, Jericho is fantastic on his podcast. Uh, Edge and Christian, Put on a funny, funny everything. Yes, the Edge and Christian pot of awesomeness is, as its name suggests, awesome. So, there's also, I mean, a few other ones that I listen to. Uh, Seeing the Elite is a great AEW focused one that yes, I listen absolutely. to. Um, uh, there's 20 Years of Nitro where they're going through chronologically and watching uh episode of Nitro and kind of reviewing it uh, with a modern look back sort of a thing. They're on a little bit of a break right now, I think, but they come back sporadically and, and release stuff and they're pretty darn good. Um, and there, there are so many great podcasts out there. Uh, you know, on Red, like, what I'm kind of sad about is that we don't, we, we don't have a plug for another small guy, little guy like us. Yeah. I mean, the littlest guy we've talked about is Russell Talk and and uh and what culture and they're they're huge so yeah, they're pretty huge so. if you guys I mean, have a podcast well, tell us about pro- it the, probably the smallest podcast that i can recommend uh, i mean seeing the elites probably pretty small uh and i not, don't mean small in terms of like little i just mean they're still relatively new they don't have a huge number of followers they probably have yeah. way more than us so um, yeah, yeah. But, uh, and, and How To Wrestling, which is a great, great podcast, um, where it's, uh, the host Kevin and his girlfriend Joe, who was not into wrestling before they met, and he's introducing her to wrestling one concept at a time, whether it's a character or a type of match or, or whatever. And it's been going on for years now, and it's a phenomenal one. So, Interestingly enough, we both kind of live that, so that's all right. Yeah, we both. I've been introducing my spouse to that for a long time, and she mostly rolls her eyes. She's not nearly as into it as Joe is. Joe tries. There's real effort there. I haven't gotten to watch that as much as you guys as you have, um, but. Uh, that's just just from being tied down 13 hours a day in the law offices of DA Tape. Um, a lot of crime in my area. Um, but uh, I, I don't know that you talk about it more than you do even Simon Miller's podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you might actually talk about it more than the other podcasts. So uh, you must it's a really phenomenal podcast, and, and it's 
it's really great. Every episode they tweet out or they announce on the episode before what their next uh, topic is. They they ask for match recommendations and and uh, things for them to definitely look at and talk about. It's a great podcast. But enough talking about other podcasts. Yeah, let's talk about our podcast. One more. There, there's one more misdemeanor I think you had. Well, yeah, we had we had some misdemeanors here. Uh, the the first one uh, is on L.A. Park, or as you and I probably know him better, La Parca. Uh, okay. He's he's uh, ch- charged with misdemeanor of still being an active wrestler today, still at fifty three years old, and he's still doing that, a lot of the stuff. That was he that did. A, was that a five then a three or a six then a three? That's a five and a three. Okay. 53. But he's still doing uh, most of the luchador stuff that we remember him doing back in WCW in the mid-90s. Really? And he's still wearing, still wearing the skeleton uh, costume. Um, although it's a little more updated. It looks a little bit uh, newer and nicer. Um, but he's, he's pretty, pretty impressive uh, for a 53-year-old still doing a lot of that stuff. He also has his son, El Hijo de la Parca, or El Hijo de la Park, I should say. Uh, that's uh, his son, who dresses very similarly, same sort of a thing, who is also very phenomenal. So I wanted to give him a quick shout-out. And then we're also charging both Davy Boy Smith Jr. and Brian Pillman Jr. for looking more and more like their fathers every time we see them. Especially Davy Boy Smith Jr. Uh, I don't know if you've seen him recently, but if you look up a picture of him, I was watching a, a video uh, of one of his more recent matches, and it was like I was looking in back in time to to an old British Bulldog match. He well, looks so much like his father. There's one more misdemeanor in um, uh, Dominique. Mysterio for nothing being, like <laughs> for maybe being Eddie Guerrero's kid legitimately no um, possibly I don't know. <laughs> for Dominic uh, Dominic Mysterio for being the most active non wrestler um, over a twenty year period uh, since he was four years old so um, yeah. good job of being the guy who transcended two different eras. And never wrestling. Um, yeah. The only one who comes close is Paul Heyman, but, you know, Paul Heyman was actually still involved in wrestling, and Dominic has yet to do anything televised. So, um, good job, Dominic, for staying relevant somehow. Special Charges. Congratulations to Miz and Maurice on the birth of their second daughter, Madison Jane. Awesome. This, uh, and this daughter gets to be born to a face. How great is that? Yeah. yeah. Your sister was, argue was born to a heel. <laughs> Daddy's so nice. No, he's not. He's horrible. Uh, but a, a beautiful, beautiful baby girl. Uh, I've seen the pictures. And as the yeah. father of a baby girl myself, I uh, can only imagine the sort of joy that's going on with them. So I wanted to send out a special uh, congratulations to them. And then, finally, a special update on a previous charge. It's a kind of a bad news, good news uh, situation. The bad news is that I have to drop at least one of the charges against spinal injury. Uh, we cannot make this charge stick. There are so many other charges against spinal injury. Uh, but this particular one, the good news is, it, because it seems that Kylie Ray is not actually injured. She wrestled at an independent show over the weekend. Uh, so it's really happy news. I'm happy to hear that she's not injured like the reports were suggesting. Wait. We still don't know why she pulled out of AEW. We don't know why she 
pulled her her uh, uh, social media off and all that. Uh, whatever it is, she's choosing to keep it private, and we respect that. I'm just happy to see that she's healthy and can continue to wrestle because she's so much fun to watch in the ring. And hopefully someday we'll be able to see her in in a bigger promotion again and go on from that. So, but yeah. we wanted to say uh, the downside is spinal injury gets a, a little bit of a pass on one thing. Um, in relationship, there's also reports that Casey Catanzaro might not be as injured as as was reported uh, as well. So here's hoping for that too. Uh, we never want to see anyone go out with an injury. We want them to be especially uh, life altering like that. Yeah, we we want them to live happy and healthy lives, and so we're happy to hear if they're if they're doing good. Um, but I think that is all we have for today. So. There is, well, on that same note, I think that it's worth charging um, DDP for not only evolving his own career, but evolving his own career in a way that has helped so many uh, professional wrestlers, prof- uh, professional sports entertainers, if they're in WWE, um, but professional wrestlers um, for... Uh, strengthening their lives and getting yeah getting, uh, yeah being able to yeah. live uh, live in the old in their in their post wrestling years with less pain and and you know uh, finding some some clarity you know I I don't know that we have Scott Hall today without DDP Yoga and that's not trying to get a plug I'm, I'm not gonna go there I usually do but I'm not gonna on this one. Um, a very big thank you to to DDP for yes the the concussion stuff still there but at the end of the day these these entertainers these wrestlers put their lives on the line not just their their uh, but their their senior lives their how the livelihood they can live afterward because no matter how how many times we hear the Seth Rollinses or the HBKs of the world talk about the wealth they've made through this, um, it's not easy to live a quality life when your body's been annihilated for the entertainment of others. And so thank you, DDP, for finding a way a way to help. Thank you to DDP. Um, in, in relationship to that, um, I actually, I thought of this earlier and I, I was debating on whether to bring it up, but it's related to that. Uh, in a way, uh, you're gonna hear a phrase come out of my mouth that you probably never thought, uh, you'd hear from me, but I wanna give, um, a huge prop, a huge, uh, good job to Enzo Amore. I was listening to a podcast interview with him, uh, recently, and it was about, uh, Big Cass's, uh, recent um, Step away. problem. Yeah. yeah. And, and, uh, and the way it's related is, um, after this most recent incident where, uh, Big Cat went to a dark place, um, and, and did some stuff that he definitely regrets, he's kind of pulled out of the public spotlight, um, but he's looking for help. DDP has stepped in to offer help, uh, uh, WWE has offered to help pay for it, which is phenomenally great for them, so we want to praise them as well on that. But Enzo came off on this interview, and he wasn't the Enzo that you saw on your TV. He he wasn't uh, the the NZO that you see uh, wrestling in the independence or the real one rapper. He was a real guy talking about his real concern for his real best friend. And uh, he sounded really, really concerned and like a really nice guy. And so um, I wanted to give a shout out and props to him for um, seeming to be a really good friend to uh, Big Cass in his time of need. So, uh, good shout out to him. Good shout out to, to DDP Yoga um, and all that for doing what they can to make wrestlers' lives better. 
so that's a great great thing to bring up I appreciate that yeah yeah I mean at the end of the day we just we we appreciate our wrestlers for doing what they do um, even the lazy ones who don't who don't really take very many injuries you know Orange Cassidy yeah. <laughs> that Canadian destroyer is devastating <laughs> even in slow-mo <laughs> But I think that's going to be all the time we have today. Um, as always, make sure to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. You can uh, always follow us on social media. I am at Raw and Order WBU. Uh, DA Fabe is at D A I M K. The letters Fabe F A B E at Dame K Fabe. <laughs> it's actually short for Erwin Michael Keith Fabe. Yes. Yeah, we're gonna have to shorten that someday. What? I, it's not like I'm on NXT and going up to the main roster. Why would I shorten it? <laughs> you might get promoted, man. Who knows? The, the, the what? Am I? Am I? Am I a, a War Machine Raider experience? <laughs> War Viking Machine Raider experience. <laughs> I don't know. But you can also, uh, uh, you know, see us on social media at those places. You can uh, follow us on anchor.fm. Leave us a voice message there. Um, we'd love to hear your uh, crime reports. We'd love to hear your fantasy booking for our other show. Um, and so you can leave us a voice message on anchor.fm with that. You can send us them via tweet. We'd love to hear from you any way you can. We'd love for uh, this listenership to grow. So please give us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you choose and share us with your friends. And as always, we will see you on the flippity flop. Mm-hmm.